Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week we are looking at the creepiest movie, Monsters. Over to Robbie. <laughs> yeah, so before we take a look at some of our favourite movie monsters, creatures that creep us out, kind of some of our favourite monster villains, maybe. Yeah. Not so much... Uh, for me, not so much living, I would say, uh, <laughs> but some of our kind of creepiest uh, creatures or creepiest monsters, a little bit about the movie itself and kind of why we find them so creepy. Yeah. Uh, so as always, you know, uh, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. It helps us to grow, motivates us. <laughs> and it's always good to get feedback. Um, so when we, because yeah, again, whenever we do one of these features, we leave it up to our kind of interpretation of that. Yeah. So what came to your mind? Well, uh, in, my, in my mind, the, 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 the idea was kind of, um, I was looking more at um, the kind of, in the monsters, but I was looking at more, I, I wasn't looking at your, you know, I've said Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, those yeah. would all be considered, some people would say they are movie monsters. They're not the kind of ones that I was looking at. Or yeah. I was interested in actual, like, people that have gone through a change or a manifestation of evil yeah. or, a, or a creature that is evil, you know, or, or just... More, more of your, um, you know, I guess creature features was in my head, like kind of thing, like that kind of like more that kind of monster in kind, in kind of my films. Yeah. Okay. Like they're necessarily like a person that is an evil person, like a monster kind of thing. Like I guess monsters is more makes me think of like Universal's monsters and things yeah. like that, like a vampire, a werewolf thing, which some of those I would say creatures and then some of them I was like, I'm not sure, maybe those could be ones I chose, but... I kind of stayed away from a lot of those standard ones, I think. Yeah, okay, cool. I kind of had an interpretation of, um, obviously, kind of bad guys in movies. Um, yeah. But things that I would not like to be coming after me. <laughs> so, you know, there is, there are um, certain... Uh, I do have one kind of undead creature. Mm. Um, I've got uh, something kind of like a curse maybe okay. um and i've got an app something that terrifies me to this day um which i hadn't thought about for a long time and then <laughs> something happened recently and it triggered the memory and then i got terrified all over again um but i think i started the horror hot takes if you haven't checked it out go <laughs> check it out put the pitchfork down because <laughs> it's all <laughs> tongue-in-cheek um and i will let Epo take us away with his first kind of creepiest horror monster. Okay, I'm going to go with my first one is going to be Brundlefly oh, from The Fly. That's a beautiful. So our, our, our lovely um, David Cronenberg's The Fly remake um, where he takes the concept of the original monster, The Fly, which was much more of your classic kind of creature kind of feature in the original a little yeah. bit more straightforward in the fact that it's this this bug that is literally kind of chasing them around which and instead um david cronenberg took it in a much more kind of body horror kind of yeah. route with jeff goldblum our, our favorite little 
our favourite of all time, Jeff Goldblum, sexy all the time. He is <laughs> sexual sex. man. He is a sexual man. <laughs> um, I yeah, I I, I rewatched this film recently, um, The Fly, um, and I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I forgot how effective as a creature. But also because the reason that this one works really creepily is because it has this over this overwhelming feeling throughout of that your body could change into something unnatural. Yeah. That your body could be, or by trying to make yourself better, you could actually make yourself so much worse. And that's kind of the creep. That's kind of the, almost as creepy as what he becomes is the fact that you get to see this journey where like um, Brundle, uh, as we call it, or the Brundle fly as he becomes. Yeah. Um, the, the Dr. Brundle um, starts to realize that what he's created at first, he's in this kind of, uh, obviously that one fly that gets in the machine, but he starts to go on this kind of journey of at first he's, I'm overwhelmed with power and yeah. he's kind of, I, I'm better than you. And, you know, you've got Gina Davis in the film who, um, that was one part I completely forgot. She did actually a really good performance in the film. Um, I forgot how good the film actually was. Oh, yeah. But the, that creature's journey where it's got Jeff Goldblum and he, you know, he's doing one point he's at a very sexual stage. Yeah, he's fucking, isn't he? And then he's uh, and then he's lifting like huge weights beyond his, like that of a fly. But it's more in that kind of later stage, I think, where the real creepiness and the scariness of it kind of yeah. comes in when he starts to realize that no, this is wrong, and he really starts to become deformed. Yeah, you know, so you, you have some strong horror elements that come with the power such as when he breaks the guy's arm in the wrestling match and literally tears, like literally it snaps that arm up, like yeah. right on, like that bone cracks hard. Um, but um, that that's like violent. But as he starts and he starts to get all of the, the blistering skin and the, yeah. the hairs start to really grow and the you've vomit. got that vomit and you, the layer of like oiliness to the body and the skin and you just, it's it, it creeps you out in that way. And I think the creepiest part is that this is a creature that is both, it's scary when you look at him, he's, he's creepy as hell. He is a scary thing to look at, but you've got that nice underlayer depth to it. Yeah. The idea that you could become something else that by your aspirations of trying to do something new, you're actually going to like God territory and shouldn't go there and you, your body could change into something that you can't control. But it's also a nice kind of thing of like idea of like, deformity that could come or the accidents that anyone could have that could change your body or the diseases that yeah. are re very real diseases that can give you things that can make you not into a fly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but can make your body change and it's that fear i think everyone has that one day they're going to wake up and that their skin's going to have changed or that you know that they're really going to have have some kind of something that's going to happen to, to deform them in some way and yeah. how are they going to accept themselves and at first, there's the idea of he can change it, but as the film goes on, you get the idea that he starts to get that idea of a little bit more of the hopelessness that's going to come with this, and that I'm too far gone. Yeah. Um, which culminates in finally getting that actual kind of human fly, yeah. the Brundle fly, kind of at the end when he just look, looks like that horrible kind of like, well, it's a fly, but it's the human skin element it's of so it, disgusting. and the fact he's standing up and he's literally like, but it is literally the point where it's not your classic creature where like in the original, it's more a little in the original, like the fly kind of film, there's a bit more of a, the, he's going to come after you or he's going to change him. So he's going to come and get you kind of thing. Whereas they yeah. don't go down that road here. It is the idea that he is literally like, he's like 
the beast kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's the monster that's hidden away, trying to save himself. And when he can't, he finally has to accept the fact and he's the one that kills himself. Yeah. Because it's it. like, they've got to end that. You've got to shoot me. Like he puts the, like the gun to himself. You've got to like kill me in his bug form. But there's a disgusting body horror element here. Uh, this is this is this is uh, as I've recently watched quite a few Cronenberg films, but this is where Cronenberg really balanced all of this, where things had gone a little bit crazy at time, or he couldn't balance the acting or the plot at times. Yeah. The one. This is where he perfected those elements. He got everything right. The acting is superb. The special effects, the body horror element is superb, but also the story works really well and yeah, clearly. And the themes. While improving, like this is one of those that you can say up there with like the thing, the fly. Yeah. Where it's one of those where the it's 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 better than the original. Yeah, you almost feel like it's what the the original almost wanted to be. Yeah. It's in the original, it's just a, a guy with like a fly's head, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So it's 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 what like it takes that idea, but it does take it to some more depth that you yeah. kind of well, might not have been seen back at the time. You wouldn't have thought, and you wouldn't have thought to the graphic nature of Cronenberg's mind. Yeah. But yeah, the Brundlefly is a disgusting, creepy creature. <laughs> it's a good one. It was it was. I was thinking of having it on mine, um, but I went for one which I think is just it's creeped me out ever since I saw the film, um, and this is where I kind of. It's they they technically they raw human, but they're mm. not. And it's uh it's Blake and his crew from the fog. Okay, um, yeah. I think you know the film kind of tells the story on the eve of um, the hundredth <laughs> anniversary of Antonio Bay, and it's all about the kind of you know the 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 curse that's kind of on Antonio Bay. You know, when the city was established, there was a leper colony that wanted to come and wanted to come. Or a leper colony. Both So they, you know, they um they kind of lead them into the rocks and kill them. And it's a, and it's about how they get their revenge. And I think it's one of John Carpenter's best films. Um hmm. I think it's yeah. it's definitely you've got some amazing performances. But there's, there's something about the reverence that I think are just so creepy and so incredible. And it starts with the fog itself. Yeah. You know, it's so thick. It's so dense. It's, it's, it's just fucking creepy. You have this tiny coastal town. And you know that when this fog comes, you know, that the trouble isn't far behind and the revenants are in there. One of the things that I like most about it is we don't really see them, which I think is, is beautiful from Carpenter. And, and it's so... It's, it builds it so well because when we do see them, we only ever see, for instance, a rotten hand. Um, yeah. We see the outlines. For instance, one of the, the most iconic shots, I think, is when they're finally in the church and they're going to get Father Monroe. And you see all of them stood there. And the only thing you can really properly make out is Blake's like bright red eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's, I just think it's so creepy. There's, not just is it kind of the imagery that's really creepy and we get some amazing shots of it, but I also think that maybe because they're slightly tragic figures um, and mm. you know that they're <coughs> coming, they're back with a vengeance, you know, it's almost, it's like zombies, but in zombies instead of shambling around and being relatively stupid and being able to escape them, 
they know what they want and they're back for vengeance and you can't escape, you know, you are trapped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I found it creepy. There's, there's an amazing, it's, it's, it's uh, Carpenter's best atmospheric. Yeah. Like he can use the suspense that he had in his earlier films to like the maximum here, because it is all about what you can't see at times. Yeah. What is distorting your vision? Are you seeing what's actually there? Are these, you know, are these monsters, these creatures, are they actually there? Am I seeing this properly? It's what you see. And it, it plays on a classic horror of the idea of like when it is that misty morning or that dark night. It's like, am I seeing this correctly? Yeah. Like, or am I seeing that in the distance? Like, have I just seen Zogar or not? It's really like, it is one of those, it plays into your mind really yeah. well. And then when we get to a later scene where, you know, I think um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is trapped in a car and it's just fog everywhere. And in the background, you can see them and it's almost has like a the fog almost has this lighthouse effect where you have a strobe kind of light like a big swathe of light and then you'll see them and then yeah. it'll go again and they'll be closer and i think the the running theme throughout mine are things being after you yeah relentlessly coming towards you <laughs> so that is my first one is the uh is Blake and his crew from the fog? Very good, very good. My uh, my my second, um, my second one is now I've gone for something that was standard, but I didn't want to go. Um, so I've gone for a face hugger. Okay. So instead of going for the xenomorph, the more charity, the, yeah. the the more celebrated of the ones, I've gone for the face hugger. Because I think, one, that's how we get our aliens yeah, that's true. anyway. But there is something extremely terrifying, I think, in the facehugger. Although the aliens are very terrifying themselves. Oh, yeah. I think there's just something about the facehugger that act, that has this level of anxiety in the films. Well, they look gross to start with. Yeah, I, I just feel, I feel like they don't get as much love as the xenomorph, but... They just they look amazing, but there's this odd element of this kind of that come with a face hugger in in Alien or any of the Alien franchises can be to any of them because there are plenty of good uses in the original. There's not too much use, but as the sequels went on, there is some really good use of how they can be like the way that you can be trapped or the way that they're kind of sneaking around or they can yeah. come after you like they're not you know um obviously they're one and done <laughs> yeah <laughs> once they've done their implanting but there's something about the idea you know that kind of well i guess like the penetration of it the kind of you know that kind of yeah that kind of invading invading inside of you cut like coming inside coming of inside of you. you i mean yeah. they kind, uh, of kind of are yeah I mean, there is something in the design and the idea. There is something very kind of almost sexual about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like the xenomorph head is almost like a penis. It's a, it's a bit like a dog, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but no, there's something I think that's extra terrifying about the facehugger that you won't see them coming. That they they do they do kind of come after them, but you just never know. Like they're they're that little part. The xenomorph. Yeah. Yes, they can hide and they hide above you and they can be very sneaky in the darkness and they've got amazing parts of them. But the face hugger is just something that most of the time the people will never see coming or they're in the situation where they're trapped and then they see the eggs and you get the whole kind of the egg opening. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is inside of this? And like the terror that comes in those films when they have to just watch, sit there and lie there as the eggs 
kind of start to form and they're like, what yeah. the fuck is happening? Like, what are you kind of thing? There's something creepy about this odd kind of um, impregnation like yeah. that happens with a face hugger and the process that follows it because, you know, although we get the xenomorph out of it, the xenomorph is, it's the process of that kind of, that kind of birthing that pregnancy that is the final like act almost of the, what the xenomorph has created. Yeah. That chest buster is like, yes, the xenomorph coming alive and coming out, but it's also like that final birthing process of what the xenom- uh, the uh, face hugger is putting yeah. into you. So what they put inside of you and the way that they make you die is just uh, a most disgusting but classic element of horror. And as much as you can put that to the xenomorph, I'd say it's the process that comes from the face hugger. Face hugger, its face own yeah. face hugger. That's you. <laughs> that is me. <laughs> That's when Bobby gets on top of you. He's yeah. a face hugger. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's that it's that process that comes with it. And I just I think uh, at times I feel like although they are a, a, they may be a small element, but they are underappreciated about the amount of damage and massacre that they bring. But they also have that extra element, that kind of fear that you can be invaded and kind of, you yeah. know, that kind of almost like the, the rape that comes with them. It, well, the way in which it, you know, it, it kind of works is the single purpose, the whole, yeah. you know, um, purpose is to just implant it. Get that face. Die. Yeah, get yeah. on that face. And the idea that they latch on. And yeah. they choke you until you yeah, so try I mean, to like breathe. You've, and seen, you've seen in several scenes where the, the tail will literally yeah. wraps around the neck. So that's a horrible thing anyway. But your face, you can't see anything. You no. don't know what's happening. And by the time I think you, you may not even realise what's going on. But no. And then you've, you're going to get something that's coming down your throat, being yeah. inserted inside of your throat to place it inside. like Because it is, in the visuals that I've seen, it is literally like a tube it's that really goes long, yeah. down there. Your throat, so you're getting that chat. It's it's that horrible. It's it's almost an odd light, and it almost makes you think as as well as almost like it's if you were like in hospital and you have to have like a yeah. tube shoved down your throat. It's that horrible idea of like this is unnatural, and you're doing this to me. This is what yeah. you're doing to me, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, the face hugger, my underappreciated creepy that creature. Is, <laughs> is, is it technically is it the little brother of the xenomorph or the daddy of the xenomorph? I mean, I don't know if it's daddy or mummy, because I don't know if they're well, like... Mummy, they're not alien, queen alien. She makes the yeah. eggs, yeah. So, yeah, he's kind of... He's kind of... The, they're, the, they're the sperm, they're the, the daddy, sperm. aren't they? They're kind daddy, of like the, yeah. <laughs> they are kind of like the daddies. The queen lays them, but then she lays... It's like she lays a, a range of men to yeah. then go and make the, the pump. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> um, so my second is, uh, is the entity from It Follows, oh, okay, which yeah. I think I thought, you know... I thought It Follows was an incredible film. Um, it kind of, a lot, I thought inter- the film itself had a lot of interesting themes. You know, there's the kind of, some people looked at it through the themes of, you know, commentary on sexual relationships and passing on of diseases, others in kind of anxiety and trust. And yeah. some people, and I kind of get it, the, you know, when I read, I read this take and I kind of look back on it, um, is, you know, the fear of aging and inevitable death and stuff. So yeah. I think in terms of the... The sexual know, one is obviously quite clear because it's yeah, in the pass film, it on it's, through it's, sex. Yeah, the yeah. idea is and that, quite clearly there. And that itself is... It's just so terrifying, mainly because, you know, um, it's a creature that continuously stalks whoever last has this kind of curse. Yeah. And it's not, you know, in a lot of films, for instance, we see um, somebody who has the curse, they die and it's over 
until you know i'm thinking maybe the ring somebody watches a video or something like this yeah, yeah, yeah. this is if you bang you pass the cursor <laughs> and then that person dies and it comes back to you yeah it just it's the fact that it's continuous and it's always after you yeah you know eventually it's going to come back and what <laughs> i think so creepy is that it, you know it's relentless yeah it keeps coming for you it constantly changing its form um so it can appear as all sorts of people you know it appears as a person so naturally it's so you know paranoia and mistrust like if you see they like they do it well in the film you just see someone walking you don't know whether they're coming for you yeah. or whether it's just a person so it's so incredibly done so creepy um and, yeah and it just walks towards you yeah. until it gets you and when it gets you it kills you brutally, and then it just goes for the next person. Yeah, and it—I think it's the idea that it, you could never, you'll never be safe. You know, mm. you could, like I, when I watched, it, I thought, what would be the way in which you could get it, get rid of it? And ultimately, I don't, you know, I don't know if you can because eventually people will let their guard down, and it will get someone, and then it goes for the next person. And yeah, it's, it's so, you know. I I, I I I I know a lot about this film, but I've never watched it. I've never really? watched it. It's incredible. It's yeah, great the, film. the I've heard, I've heard it, and I've I've seen it on a lot of a lot of top lists, and yeah. I've seen this this creature on a lot of lists. The entity, um, and I I know all about the kind of the paranoia that's talked about, and the the, the way that sexuality is used, and the yeah. fact that it uses inspiration from previous like monsters, like you said, like the thing and things like that. They will keep coming. Yeah, but it kind of twists it into this really kind of these kind of human themes, these things that we go through every day are really quite like obvious there. So it's a, it's, it's interesting. I was going to literally watch it just the other night and I didn't end up it, seeing it. Oh so man, it's brilliant. I'll have to give it a go. Yeah. It's, but you know, it's like, I put it here, it's like the Terminator came after you for busting the nut, you know, <laughs> it's like, it doesn't stop, man. And it just <laughs> keeps coming for you. Uh, but it's, it's, it's so well done. And the forms that it takes is, you know, it takes some creepy forms, despite the fact that, you know, it's always a person. It, it takes creepy forms. Uh, there's one absolute weirdo in the film, which is which is kind of great. Um, but it's just I think it's yeah, again, it's the fact that it's you're never free from it. You know, yeah. there are some movie, yeah, there are some movie monsters you'll be safe from. Um you know, like I mean, a vampire, for instance, you just don't let him in your house. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the the entity it sounds like great, like useful, like uh, you know, one you know, overpopulation's a problem. Maybe that's <laughs> a good way to get rid of it, and um, you know, safe sex. Yeah, <laughs> for the entity, you know, let, let's start campaigning with the, it all over the post. It'll come for you. This will come for you if yeah. you don't. Never, just don't have sex ever. <laughs> no teen pregnancy now. <laughs> get you. Um, so over to the because I think that's two, isn't it? Both of us. So we will, two. So we will jump quickly over to the social media. You were, you were worried there that we we're going to have a classic mi mix up of numbers. Right? I did. You I thought, thought we were going to get completely just confused by that. Yeah, um, I thought we were going to do that, and then also I thought we'd miss the social media um, because it's been a bit of a quicker episode. I think. <laughs> um, so. As yeah. always, over on um, Instagram and Twitter, we put out whatever the episode is, and we want to get you know people's kind of favorite movie monsters, that sort of stuff. Um, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast. Um, so Adam Holloway, one of the writers for Shiver, um, his favorite is the Gremlins. 
which are great. Gremlins was going to be my cho- was going to be my choice instead of the face hugger. Yeah, I but I, um, I I decided, although I absolutely love them, it's such a great design. The Mogwai to the Gremlin, such yeah. an amazing kind of concept. Um, but at the same time, it's more of a kind of a fun one. Not so much. I didn't find. I never found them quite as creepy or Fair scary. Enough. I guess we had um, Katie from uh, Horror Friendly Podcast, who I believe by the time we put this episode out should be back so go and check them out she's uh hers was psycho gorman who yeah psycho gorman's awesome yeah yeah he's great and he's funny I've but he's also terrible. i still have not seen that it, he's great it's very it terrifying. looked very the, the trailer looked very t- tongue-in-cheek <laughs> yeah we had um night of the living podcast who suggested his boy um the creature from the black lagoon uh we had uh simon from the uh sorry i married a horror fan podcast he's also said my boy from the creature from the black <laughs> hell of a creature um, and then uh zombie derek's rotten brains had critters which is kind of like a gremlin's knockoff isn't it yeah 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 critters um unless we're wrong on that i'm sorry i i to be fair, i don't know the date specifically we could be completely <laughs> wrong yeah i'm pretty sure gremlins came first but i could be wrong we'll get close saying critters yeah. was first <laughs> and then epic film guys who uh put the werewolf which is an absolute classic i believe they put a uh, a bit from the transformation in the howling um but werewolves in general are just inc- in- incredible creatures and oh, yeah. i think we sh- we need more werewolf films to be yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i mean it's, it's a good point those are good lists as i said like there are so many different like I could have picked out any of the cre- in their many different forms, but it's just like which one are you choosing? So from your mummies, your werewolves, your vampires, yeah. you know, your Frankenstein's. Like I could have gone for any of the classic Universal horrors, or I could have chosen a whole bunch of classic. I could have chosen Xenomorphs or Predator, or yeah, you know, there were so many, but I just I didn't want because I just feel like they were just obvious ones that it's like everyone knows these ones and some of them i would say some of them are the creepy some of them aren't necessarily the creepiest yeah um and i, I know that yours isn't um i, I know that yours isn't going to be this one because you've already mentioned the area that your next one falls into yes um so before. i'm going to mention the one that came at the top of every list i looked at when i looked at this and i can't help but kind of agree this isn't my choice oh, by yeah, this is my final choice i didn't want to go for it purely because one i thought maybe for you and two i just kind of thought but i feel like it's a general consensus so uh, what would you say the greatest creature in horror that's ever been this i would prob if i had to go off my head i would say we had this conversation a few episodes ago Probably Jaws from Jaws the Shark. It could be all, all, <laughs> no, all Bruce, all Bruce, Bruce the I Shark. I call yeah. it Jaws the Shark. Bruce, my Bruce, brain is small. Bruce would definitely be be up there. However, the consensus with the majority that I've seen, and this is pretty much every list I looked at, the number one creature, the thing. The that thing was I, the top yeah. of pretty much every list to say that that is the scariest. The fact that it's seems almost unstoppable the fact that a drop of blood can yeah you know all of those things make it absolutely freaking terrible so i wanted to give a shout out to the one that i do think in my head when i think about it and i think about how it's absolutely terrifying yeah i do think that and not just in the way that it's shown in in the john carpenter film to be specific um the way that it's shown in that film is absolutely terrifying but the, the that whole part of it, the concept but as we've talked about in our we've talked about in our thing episode yeah. go and find it check it out um that idea of the blood 
and the fact that just one drop of blood could then just transform a whole thing and you never know yeah. you never know who's who and the fact that anybody could be that creature and everybody could be taken over you don't know if you it's been it done over. like obviously in body snatches and lots of other ones have done it really well and stuff like that but i just think that's the one that in the thing that they pulled it off so perfectly it's it's terrifying it's a creature that is looks amazing is terrifying so i think for me i would probably agree but bruce the shark is also he is in terms of suspense, that's probably the greatest like yeah. suspense one that's ever been made. I was considering the Cenobites. Um, however, quite recently, we've done, you know, in, in, last month we did two episodes mm. about um, about Hellraiser, so I thought I won't include them because I do, I think that the genuine, the terrifying, yet yeah. again, not just in looks, not just in what they do, but conceptually, the idea of being taken, you know, being taken to a plane or being taken to a part of hell where you're just tortured forever is a fucking nightmare you know yeah yeah, yeah. there are there are so many more kind of terrifying creatures out there that are just we've we've not touched on i mean we, we will, will not come back to it, but we will come back around to creatures <laughs> creatures will keep on popping up or just general movie monsters will keep yeah. coming i don't know why i'm looking at the phone i don't need to because i know what my top the one that i've chosen it's not my top choice it's just the ones that i picked out that i thought were interesting yeah. um and that is the blob okay so i uh i watched them so I, I was interested to look into it. So I, I, I remember seeing this when I was a lot younger, um, but not really remembering it. But I was always fascinated. So I'd, I'd seen the classic Steve McQueen one, yeah, The Blob, um, which I, I really enjoyed. And I'd always been interested in trying to remember what the newer one kind of looked like. Um, but just in the concept of The Blob in general, because yeah. the original especially is seen as such a classic kind of like horror um, so I, I was interested in like how that would work and how they'd work in different films. So I've watched both the 1958 and the 1988 film. So I watched them this week. Yeah. Um, and that was the creature. I was like, oh, I kind of want to revisit that creature because I feel like that's one I want to talk about. And it, it's 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 such an interesting the idea of this meteorite that comes down and out of it comes this kind of creature. Yeah. Um, in the in just the preface, I've never, I haven't seen either. I am familiar either. with the concept okay. of the blob, but yeah, I yeah. haven't seen either. They are both worth checking out. They are really fun. The blob, um, the blob is a really obviously because it's a bit more dated now, really accessible 1958 kind of one. But yeah. the stuff they do with the special effects are really, really quite cool. Um, you know, it is just, it is just this obviously this moving blob of like this reddish pinkish kind of blob yeah. that moves around but the fact that they were able to do it like 1958 the special effects they do with some of it are really okay. quite interesting the way it kind of squeezes through things the way it moves around the way you see it sliding under doors and then pull itself back yeah it was really cool kind of special effects and the fact that the idea that literally if it just kind of touches you it kind of attaches and yeah. it just starts to absorb part of your body now in the original 58 one it pretty much is a kind of once it gets onto you it will just start to absorb you and as it gets bigger it just starts to basically pull you straight inside and get yeah. absorbed as it's smaller though it kind of it like um at the beginning of the film it attaches itself to like a a man's hand kind oh, of thing geez. um which in the 88 does the same thing but it's like a kind of more of a, a hobo's hand uh, um, but classic it, hobo. it just kind of there but you see it slowly and it's small form it's just attached to his hand and like what the hell is this and it starts to kind of build its way up the arm and take more and more and more now it's all about the difference between in the 58 one that's kind of it it, it grows bigger and it starts to ha it has like a big car like through the streets like this huge block yeah, I've, I've, it starts I've to go over people and you see it sucking people up it's like 
iconic. Yeah. And and the reason, so there's a good fit. So the, the original film, the 58 film is a better film. It's a better structured film, more likable characters, more accessible. The 1988 film um, directed by Chuck Russell and uh, written by Frank Darabont Old school. Um, and Chuck Russell. But um, so he's got part in that. So he's got a few kind of his regulars pop up in the film as well. Um, but it's the way that in the 88 one that they do the blobs uh, actual what he does to people okay uh, what it does to people yeah. is what's really interesting um there's a twist on the idea that it's actually something that's come down from space there's a kind of twist on the kind of germ warfare part i just of love it. that you gendered the blob yeah i was <laughs> gonna say it's, it's they i don't know they, what to say it's the blobists will be coming out the after blobists us. Will be, yeah. um but in the 88 version, so it's not just the idea it absorbs you, it's actually like a kind of acid. Oh, sure. So it literally, so it has scenes where literally, like on the guy's hand where he's like screaming and you see it going up. And then um, I don't want to ruin too much of them. Yeah, right, but I, will really give, I, I will give you a general idea of the, the special effects. The special effects at times remind me of the thing. Oh, wow. So they are literally like where you've got like people who are like in half, where it's literally like, it's eaten half of them and not got to finish the job kind oh, of shit. thing. It's got where someone's literally like fully absorbed into it. And literally you can see their body, like their skin melting away where they're getting absorbed like into the acid. So it's literally like it's in, like inside your stomach, yeah. like literally stomach acids inside of it, where you can literally see it breaking the person down or people get sucked in and like their bodies literally like, like one guy gets pulled into like a drain system. Oh, shit. And you literally see like all of his arm like breaking through his bones like cracking down as it's trying to fit through the kind of holes of the sitting oh. stuff like that. And you see it like sucking it inside. Um, just really like cool. Like the best part about the 88 one is that visual and the fact that they've really leaned into the special effects yeah. of it. Um, and it's got some fantastic, the 88 one, I think you will enjoy purely just for that reason. <laughs> um, it, like the plot is a bit more straightforward. It, it's kind of like the, the loner, the loner kid who's like more the bad boy, and yeah. then you've got like the high school jock, and of then, you, it's the bad then you've got the um, you've got the girl who's played by Shawnee Smith out of um, Saw, oh, okay, Saw, yeah. uh, Saw Two and Saw Three. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you've got that kind of standard dynamic, and you kind of can see, but it does have some good twists on it. It has some good twists on like which character are we actually going to follow in characters that die off like when you don't expect them to. That's quite good. Lots of interest and stuff like that. But the story overall is what brings it down. If it had a bit of a stronger plot and structure, it would be stronger. But the monster itself is actually, especially in the 58 one, it's pretty damn creepy purely because there's such a level of, uh, well, that can't be that harmful. And yeah. that's not that, and you underestimate it. Whereas in the 88 version, it's freaking terrifying. The idea that even if you were to touch it, it starts to melt your skin kind of yeah. thing is freaking horrible. But the fact that this thing just like you can't see it, you don't know where it's going to appear because it can literally just slide into any movement kind of thing. It has that same kind of atmospheric at times of the thing kind of thing. The yeah. idea that this can pretty much get me from anywhere. And as it grows bigger, you're like, how the fuck are we going to escape this giant thing that's just literally like melting people? Yeah. So yeah, really cool. And the special effects are horrifying. It's, it's really that's what raises that 88 one is like shit look at that special effects in the 58 one are fantastic as well just for a different reason yeah of how the they were able to pull that off at that time was like shit that is really impressive both worth a watch this uh yeah <laughs> both worth a watch for you well i'm gonna have to have watch you at home. um so my final one and i told you i was a bit of a naughty boy um and i went away from 
the screen well you know from movies from the big the from big, big screen. screen to the littler screen and i went to uh the playstation mm-hmm. uh, not just the playstation as this this uh game has probably been ported the most in, in human history i imagine <laughs> um and it is dr salvador from resident evil 4 aha yeah so i've forgotten mostly about him uh <laughs> you know every every couple of years I'll replay Resident Evil 4 and then I'll just completely forget about it. You know, it's I it's one of the best games ever, but I've played it so much that it just, you know, I forget. And then the uh, Resident Evil 4 remake trailer came out. Yeah. And it reminded me all over again when I saw Dr. Salvador. And I just remembered the first time when I was maybe 12 or 13 yeah. and I was playing Resident Evil 4 and it obviously it was a big shift for the series and we were you know in third, third person with an over-the-shoulder camera and it was I, the first one to kind of introduce between like survival horror and a, a, bit, and a bit more action yeah but a good balance not not as, like as, five, as, uh, five and six when it was pretty much more action than yeah horror. I still like five but yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And I remember the first time ever I went, you know, I went into the house and then I barricaded it. Um, and to my horror, you know, we see uh, a Ganado revving up a chainsaw, you know, with his burlap sack mask. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just relentlessly terrifying, you know. Um, the first time you encounter him and you, you know, you go for that safety in the opening chapters and you, you don't even have a shotgun by then, you've just got a pistol. And then you, f- you see him several times later, you hear his scream and then you hear the rev of the chainsaw. Yeah. Um, and it's just disgusting, you know, that whole opening village section where you're running around and all you can hear is his chainsaw. It's just pure adrenaline, kind of constant terror. Um, the fact that, you know, if he catches you, he will just kill you in one... Head locked up. It's head locked up, yeah. bop, gone. is terrifying. And he's an absolute bullet sponge. Um, <laughs> it's terrifying. And in the new one, he looks even more deformed. Apparently, under his mask, I had a look. It looks more fucked up. Yeah. He apparently now reacts more. So he he will cut ways that you can escape down. He's harder to kill. You know, it's it's just going to be a nightmare all over. There, there, well, there was something between them was like Friday the Fourteenth <coughs> Part Two, Jason and Leatherface, Tech- yeah. that they kind of mix together. There's a lot of that in Resident Evil. Where a few ones where you've seen that they've taken like two more popular characters or they've kind of blended them to me. It's yeah. kind of awesome. Um, it's interesting because I'm literally playing You're Resident playing, Evil right? this week. Yeah. I'm literally playing Resident Evil 4 right now. So I've revisited it. I'm playing on Nintendo Switch because I've had the games for like a year now and I never played them. So it's such a nice... Um, we are... What have I, where have I just got to? I've just lost... Um, why am I blanking on her Ashley. name? Ashley. Ashley's just been taken in like a trap, like for a trap door. Oh, I'm in not the castle. To, yeah, in the castle. Yeah. yeah. So we've just got to that kind of point. So not miles not, away. Not miles. Me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've very much been playing that all week. So I'm, my plan is to have that done by the end of the week. But I was literally, there were certain characters in that I was literally like, oh, do I go? Um, I'm already blanking on this. But who is the the really, the tall guy that literally splits his body into uh, like, Sadler. When you play it, it's Sadler, that's yeah. it, yeah. When you play inside of the barn and you fight him. Oh, no, that's, know, uh, that's the, not Sadler. The yeah, big Sadler is different. The village chief, yeah. Yeah, the village chief, yeah, him. He was yeah, one of them that I, he was freaky as that, I thought. Like, I, I always remembered him. I also remembered the chainsaw ladies that you get, like, when you're stuck in the middle yeah. of, like, uh, like, almost like, it almost feels like, it makes it feel like an arena. It's not, it's like, basically, like, 
It kind wooden of pallets you're going over. Like it, it kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. And you had kind of had them. I remember I played like I literally going up against her and didn't realize there was a second one and forgot about yeah. that. So I was like, ah, I'm, I'm beating you. And then behind me just locks exactly. off my head like yeah. shit. <laughs> and it's so terrifying. And I think Resident Evil is one of my favorite series and the game's full of grotesque, disgusting creatures. You know, you've got yeah. liquors, you've got tyrants, you've got hunters, Nemesis, Nemesis. himself, yeah. old school. Nemesis was almost, I was looking at Nemesis as well. He's a bad yeah. <laughs> But there's just something so grim about just a, a guy i mean he's i mean he's obviously deformed and he's mutated but yeah just the brutality of just chasing you with a chainsaw and i think it's the fact that you don't suspect it and if you go into that house which now i always do because i want the shotgun i want to yeah, kill yeah, it yeah. but at the time you know i was i was i think it came out in 2004 i think so i was i was 12 years old and i hadn't seen my brothers play that bit yeah. So I was like, I didn't even know it was coming. And then it just, it's just constant, you know, and I died to him so many times. <laughs> the terror is just still there, you know, even now, you know, 30 <laughs> and I play it and I hear that chainsaw and it triggers something in me and I'm like, fuck, I need to run. You know, I was say, when I was replay, I, he, he was actually quite easy to speak for me. I don't know. I don't know if it changed, but I remember dying to him a lot. I don't know why yeah. he was really straightforward to kill in this book. I don't know why it was maybe because I could see him coming in this form, but probably, yeah, now but it was, um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, he is a, a great kind of, there, there are, there are so many great ones, but yeah. Resident Evil 4 as well for me was always the one I remember because I remembered playing that on GameCube. GameCube, yeah. So I had that one on GameCube. So I, that one always stuck in my mind. And I remember that one creeping. Like the, the first couple all have definite creepy parts to them, but that one's the one I, I found the creepiest for me. I don't know why. There was something about the village setting yeah. and the idea that all of them could change into these beings. And there was just so, so I found so creepy about that. that even though it was a bit more like upbeat, a bit more faster action, there was still that real creepy element. Kind of yeah. Thing. But really, yeah. He's a very cool creature. There are so many cool creatures in Resident Evil. That. Many, many games that were that I was looking at as well. I did look at a few games yeah. to be like, oh, any of them, but I decided on classic. Um, <laughs> and every time I, I play it, we have to, um, this is something me and my brother Dan did, is the first time we killed him, you have to, uh, after you've killed Dr. Salvador, you have to fire two shotgun shells in the air. I don't know why. <laughs> Just something that we had to do. <laughs> Two for Dr. Salvador, we'd say. Then we just shoot them up in the air, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Do you have anything else to add, Epo? No, uh, we've, we've covered our creature features. <laughs> we have. Um, but, you know, this feature will return with more disgusting beasts, foul monsters, and other <laughs> uh, things that go bump in the night. But, uh, as always, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. It helps us grow. Um, and if you could leave a lovely review, that's always good as well. And we will see you shortly. Take care. Bye-bye.